This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On another matter of international intrigue, I don't know if you followed this story. Uh, we still don't have a lot of answers, but uh, from what we're looking for, we've got an expert who can maybe help us. It has to do with Cameron Ortiz, the guy who was arrested last week on charges under the Security of Information Act, dealing uh, in the upper echelons of the Mounties Intel Service. Uh, joining me on the line is David Perry, Global News Radio's crime expert, to sort of put this in a, a greater perspective. David, it's always a pleasure. Good afternoon. Happy to be here. How are you? Very good. But I'm a little, uh, well, I'm curious, this Cameron Ortiz guy, or Ortis, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but uh, he apparently had something to do with this shadowy operation off the West Coast where uh, some Canadians were selling encrypted cell phones to drug traffickers uh, and money launderers on the uh, dark web, I guess? Yeah, I think that's where they first, you know, sensed that perhaps this guy was up to something that they should pay uh, closer attention to. It would appear that... uh, on a laptop that one of these people um, operating and selling those encrypted telephones, which in itself is a crime, to organize crime groups, um, that they found a document on that laptop, and they traced that document pack back, and it came to uh, Mr. Uh, Ortiz. So that's, that's how I believe the investigation got rolling. So he was working in the shadows. Uh, any idea at whose behest? Not right now, although the, some of the things I've read uh, hinted that he had some um, interest in Russia and places like that. But um, this is a guy, when you look at his portfolio, and we're we're just starting to understand who he was, he was a very senior intelligence officer within the RCMP, which gives him access globally to intelligence on both sides. So he's somebody that would be rubbing elbows with let's just say spy versus spy types uh, throughout the world, and he would be a guy that would be a rich target for some countries to perhaps try and compromise. Nobody knows if that's in fact what happened here, but quite often in these these uh, extraordinary uh, cases where we see information leaked to uh, other countries, there's usually some kind of a compromise, and usually those compromises are based on a, a targeted issue, if you will, and whatever country it is that was looking for information out of uh, out of Canada perhaps may have targeted him and put him in a compromising position which then gives them the ability to extort this kind of information out of him. And so to what extent then plausibly could he have compromised Canadian security or intelligence? Well, it certainly could and it certainly puts a, a bit of a, a black mark on you know the the Canadian intelligence network globally. So it's not something that anybody's going to be very happy or proud of. But it is what it is. These things have happened, and we've seen similar stories from other countries where uh, some of their top people have been compromised and, and or have just got greedy. And, uh, and uh, you know, obviously there's a whole investigation that's taken place here. I'm, I was fascinated by how long they've been looking at this guy. So you can only imagine the, the deep, dark, operative investigation that's been going on to get to the point where they are today, where they've arrested him and, and laid these very serious charges against him. Yeah, my understanding is uh, I think he was already under a national security criminal investigation or something like that? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, looking at the offenses that he's facing, I, I once heard a judge say this in court when he was about to sentence somebody. He said, you better pack your pajamas and your toothbrush because I think this guy's got a, a very high likelihood of convicted of, of going to jail for a very long time uh, you know, under the Security of Information Act, he's looking at, 
you know, up to a 14-year uh, sentence in prison, another two years for another offense, and then the criminal code offenses they're talking about separately are five-year and 10-year sentences. And if he got uh, consecutive sentencing on those, he could be in jail for a very long time. Used to be a time we'd shoot spies, uh, but and allegedly uh, he is one. But now, you know, it makes me wonder if this does, because you know we're integrated with the five eyes: uh, U.S., Australia, the U.K., and New Zealand, and uh, they have to be worried as well. I mean, they've got operatives out there all over the world. We can't be naive about that. Uh, do you think he might have endangered with his intel and what he knew uh, if he shared this? You know, surreptitiously uh, could put them in peril. Yeah, it could put uh, every um, operative in every country, and as you said, the Five Eyes especially, it could put them at risk. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see and hear how much uh, detail this information actually contained and who exactly it, it went to, but I think we could all guess at, at certain locations where it's probably shown up. But, you know, this is the true spy versus spy. This is the stuff that books and movies are written about, but it's unfortunate it happened here in Canada where... One of our top security agents working for the RCMP is identified as a mole and involved in internal corruption, and who knows how far that's gone at this particular point other than the the officers that have investigated. But you can imagine who's involved. I mean, you know, obviously CISAs would have been involved, the RCMP, there would have been the FBI, and just about every intelligence agency that this guy had come across during this investigation. So this would have been a global investigation with an awful lot of cooperation from other intelligence services. Well, yeah, you know, when you say this spy versus spy stuff, uh, it brings to mind other countries have had to deal with this. In the U.K., Anthony Blunt, Kim Philby, I mean, in the upper echelons of the very uh, government and uh, consorting with, you know, all the people in the ivory towers there. Is there not a better way? I would have thought maybe in the ensuing years we'd have better fail-safes and uh, ways of screening out or vetting these people so we don't have these, you know, we're impregnable, let's say, to these kinds of moles. Or am I being naive? Well, not naive, but we have the common element in all of these cases, which is the human factor. And human beings are good at manipulating systems, no matter how many safeguards we put in place. And, uh, you know, they've obviously, when there's that level of trust, too, when you're entrusted with this very secret information, um, you know, there there are many gaps and, and stops you have to go through to get that information out. But you can you can access that information legitimately. And you can, uh, you know, you can make it look legitimate and suddenly you find out that, uh, you know, in fact, it was used for, for an unlawful purpose. And I think that's probably what happened here. So in most of the cases I've looked at, there are three common denominators or at least three factors. And one of them is, uh, you know, somebody that has their own ideology uh, politically. And so they've, they've changed teams and suddenly Canada's the bad team and they, they sign up with another foreign country and decide to change this information, the part that falls in with that usually is money, and there's a huge financial gain for people that involve in exchanging secret documents, and, uh, and, and quite often it's about compromise, as I said early. Somebody has set them up, and they've compromised them in some way, whether it be professionally through the, the, the uh, trading of information or they've set up some kind of sting where they've compromised them in some other way that they could be embarrassed and or terminated from their job. And then the other side will work that compromise to the point where they're exchanging documents for, for their secrecy on that particular issue. All right. Well, it remains to be seen. Thanks for filling in some of the background on this, David. Always appreciate your time. Anytime. Always a pleasure. Thank you, David.
Perry is the global news radio crime expert and CEO of Investigative Solutions Network, Inc. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 